It's tape Tuesday. We're going to take a look at Florida versus Kentucky. Also tape Tuesday means you don't have to look at my face the entire time. So we're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tape Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Hold Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. Before getting into today's content, just ask you to like, subscribe, comment, review, do whatever it is you want to do. And on the off chance you were someone that I've met in Gainesville, took pictures with, DM them to me on Twitter, WNS underscore Brandon, or Locked on Gators Instagram. But here's a day that uh, that we were not super, super excited for. It's Tape Tuesday from Florida, Kentucky, and that was one of the ugliest football games that I ever watched. If we're being completely honest. That game is just terrible. Um, we're going to look at the same thing as always, two plays on offense, two plays on defense, and we're going to break them down a little bit. First play that we're looking at on offense is about to be the Montreal Johnson touchdown run. Um, that was, I, I think it was a great play. So we're going to take a look at that real quick where it, it's it's – I said Montreal Johnson touchdown run. Montreal Johnson big run, the 40-yard run. That he had. So we're taking a look at this right now. It's the handoff to Montreal Johnson. He kind of gets around the edge, gets around two defenders, and is eventually shoved out of bounds after a 40-yard run. Now, here we've got, I mean, this is something that we've seen quite a bit from the Florida Gators under Billy Napier. We've got pistol set, which is Anthony Richardson about three yards behind the center, in this case, Kingsley Welcome. So you got pistol set running back behind him. You got bunch to the left, little formation and bunch here. This reverse action that you see there with Xavier Henderson, it fooled a good deal of the defense, or at least froze up a good deal of the defense. You look at the linebacker, and I, I stopped playing if you took yourself out of the play. I stopped moving you. Uh, you get the two linebackers take themselves out of the play. The nickel takes himself out of the play. So the, the reverse fake worked. It did. It, it created this play. Kingsley Aguacan absolutely demolished the nose tackle on this one. And Montreal Johnson got to kind of just pick up and, and get off to the races a little bit before eventually getting pushed out of bounds, which Florida's shown at this point. Like they, they can pick up chunk plays, um, but they tend to get knocked down, tackled, pushed out of bounds before creating this really massive touchdown play, um, which again, we saw here, the 40-yard gain. But it, it was big because this was the play after that Will Levis touchdown to uh, Dane Key, I believe it was, where which we're going to look at that. That's one of the defensive plays to look at because we have to break that down. But this is just one of those run plays where this is a play too where I was doing the live stream with Coach Vass on Saturday during the game uh, with playback, and I was talking about this where I was like, I think Florida's run game has been pretty creative this year uh, through through two games. It's been pretty creative, so it's exciting to see there where that run game. We're going to hope that they uh, go to it a little bit more often because. You know, Anthony Richardson shouldn't be dropping back there nine times. I've said this before. But these, these pistol runs are what we're going to continue to expect from this Florida Gators football team here. That's, I mean, I have no problem with it. I'm fine with the pistol set, pistol run, whatever you want to do, as long as it works here. Next play we're looking at, if you can't tell by the play art, Anthony Richardson pick six. Um, 
This one stung a bit. I'm not going to lie to you. This, this one really stunk. Uh, because here's the thing, too. This is empty set. I didn't bother moving the O-line. It, it was a complete stalemate. But Florida comes out in an empty set. Kentucky comes out with three down linemen. And Kentucky's, like, essentially just accepting this at this point. I don't know if they knew Anthony Richardson's ankle was messed up, but that's what they did. They, they came out in with three down linemen, and they just played quarters coverage, which you're going to see Florida play a lot of quarters coverage is essentially – you got safety help over the top, man coverage underneath, or at least outside with the corners, and you're kind of just challenging them to beat you at that point. So we're looking at Kentucky playing quarters coverage. Anthony Richardson, it looks like on the left side of the field, you got a little bit of levels, and Ricky Pearsall is kind of just running the clear out there. Uh, Anthony Richardson did not even take a peek to the left side of the field. He caught the ball, and he was, or he took the snap, and he was just like, I am throwing this ball to Naquan Wright. Uh, Kedron Smith, the Kentucky corner, the only Kentucky player with a number here. I'm pointing at it with my finger. The only Kentucky player with a number right here was the one that came up and made that pick. I mean, he was just watching it the entire way. Like, like he saw it the whole time. He's like, Anthony Richardson is staring at this real quick. Like, once he took the snap. Um, and that, that's one of the benefits of dropping eight is that you kind of have that leeway to be a little more aggressive because you've got help back there. It's not as if you're in, you know, cover zero and it's just you versus your man and there's no one around you. So Anthony Richardson, I mean, this was just a terrible, terrible play. I don't like the play call really either. Um, just like, I don't know if the play call was, hey, AR, just take the snap and throw it to Naquan or what it was. This also, I don't think was a miscommunication as to where Naquan should have been because... I think it was pretty spot on where if Naquan was running a curl, that's where he was going to be. I think the timing was off, but I don't think it was necessarily an issue or a miscommunication. I just think the timing might've been off. Justin Shorter's running a little bit of a clear out there. They're kind of looking like it might be some kind of, some kind of smash. Maybe again, it's hard to tell what was supposed to happen because Anthony Richardson threw the ball so quickly and it was intercepted so quickly. It It was just one of the worst plays that we've seen. And, Here's the thing where it kind of, you might expose something about Florida here and maybe expose in air quotes. Um, if Florida comes out in an empty set, I think more, more teams are going to be, okay, well, we're going to put three down linemen and we're going to drop eight and we're going to make you beat us throwing the ball because if we're dropping eight, we can play any coverage we want. It's obviously not going to be cover zero. We can play any coverage. It's not going to be cover one either, unless you've got two hook defenders. So you can drop eight, whether it's cover two, three quarters is probably going to be the most likely one. But whatever you drop, you go, okay, Anthony Richardson is in front of us. We can keep our eyes on the backfield. We can keep our eyes on him. We don't need to spy someone because we've got people in those hook zones watching him. And if he starts to run, we can kind of make that stop. So if you drop eight, again, this is only when Florida's in empty backfield, only when they have an empty backfield, because if they have a running back back there and you have three down linemen and this many DBs on the field, they're just going to run it down your throat and they're going to work every single time. But with an empty backfield here, Anthony Richardson takes a snap. And if you're rushing three, he's going to have all day, but you're also making Anthony Richardson make not just the right read, but you're making him make the right throw or the right decision and an accurate throw. Because if even if he's making the right read and the right decision, if you've got eight in coverage, if he makes a bad throw, even if it's a smart throw, if it's just an inaccurate pass, that, that that's house territory right here. Like that's what happened here. Keetron Smith, or I guess it was maybe just Anthony Richardson uh, jumping the gun a little bit, but Keetron Smith 
took it to the crib. He housed it easily. It was one of the worst plays that we saw from the entire time. And and this was just I, I'll tell you guys this. I have never had less fun doing a tape Tuesday than I did during this game. Um, and I was here last year when Florida, the Sanford game, I was here for. SC game, I was here for. Missouri game, I was here for. All those games that were horrible, I was here for. This is easily the least, even last year's Kentucky game, this is easily the least fun I've ever had doing a tape Tuesday. <laughs> I want to be very clear with that. Offensively. Defensively, I did have a bit of fun, which we're about to get to. But first, a quick word from Upside, because if you're going from cringing at the pump to an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, that's what you want to do. You want to download Upside. Inflation is hitting everybody where it hurts, and that's the wallet. And it really does hurt. And that's why I've started using Upside. Upside's an incredible app for anybody who buys gas, groceries, dines out, which I do more than I should. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Thanks again for making Locked Navigators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Here, as you can see on the bottom with the little indicator that we have here from playartpro.com, um, we have a Will Levis sack coming up because that's what we're looking at here. Um, just because I think this was a fantastic play. This is the Justice Boone interception, if, you, if you're not just recognizing it just based off what we're showing here. Um, this is the Justice Boone uh, sack. Sorry, this is Justice Boone sack. This is the play where he got kicked out for targeting. Um, and yeah, that, that's where we're looking at first. This sack here. This is a fun little play or a little fun little defensive concept that we like to call creepers. This this is it. This is the time we get to do it. Week one, we didn't do it because there wasn't a significant play that involved creepers. Week two, there's a significant play that involves creepers. And if you don't know, creepers is a replacement blitz in which you don't show blitz. You send a non-traditional pass rusher, like an off-ball linebacker, in this case, Ventro Miller, and you drop back a a traditional pass rusher like your Jack, in this case, Brenton Cox Jr. So you've got Brenton Cox Jr. lined up here on the edge. He's going to drop back into coverage. This looks like cover three to me, cover three buzz. More specifically, you've got Rashad Torrance. I'm just going to click play. You've got Rashad Torrance playing that hook zone there. And here's what we're talking about with creepers and why it's so effective. Brenton Cox Jr. drops into coverage right here. That left guy drops into coverage back. Ventro Miller rushes right at the guard and tackle right in that B gap. That's where Ventro Miller is trying to shoot the gap. And if you don't pick him up, that's a free run at the quarterback. What Kentucky did was maybe the worst case scenario for them. So you overload the right side of the field. That's one of the reasons that creepers or replacement blitzes are a big thing because you're overloading one side of the offensive line where you're creating the same amount of pressure, but you're not sacrificing coverage because you're overloading one side is how they did it here. So you overload the right side of the Kentucky offensive line. Ventro blitzing forces the offensive line to react, but they reacted in the worst way possible. The right guard and the right tackle 
both went to pick up a blitzing Ventrail Miller, which gave Justice Boone a free rush, as you see here. And here's the thing that really, I mean, it confuses me about the offensive line play. I don't know why the right tackle pick, went to pick up Ventrell Miller. Because no matter what the situation is, you have to, as a right tackle, you have to let Ventrell Miller go. Because you have to pick up Justice Boone. Unless they thought that the replacement blitz, the Creepers, was going to the other side of the Boone dropping in coverage. I don't know why you would attempt to predict that in that situation. But you have to pick up Justice Boone here if you're this right tackle. This is just a horrible play, specifically on him. Right guard, I think, was supposed to pick up Ventra Miller here. I think that's very clear, where right guard picks up Ventra Miller. Desmond Watson's going over to the center. Everybody's slanting, kind of, to the left side of the Kentucky offensive line. Ventra Miller rushing in. Guard should have picked him up. Right tackle should have picked up Justice Boone and said they didn't. And Justice Boone looped and got a free run at Will Levis here. This is one of the... It's just such a boring play that some coaches do. And I know Skange does it, obviously, here, where he's just got all hitches from the receivers and he's got the running back, goes in motion, and then they just run a little swing pattern here. Uh, It's so boring. I mean, Florida just pretty much just called cover three buzz with this creepers going on. Again, Brenton Cox Jr. taking that seam flat area. And... This, this was just a fantastic play, if we're being honest. Like, Patrick Tony called a fantastic game on Saturday night. Like, schematically, this was a near-flawless game from the Florida Gators. Uh, early on, it started a little rough, but they, they cleaned it up so well, and they just made a fantastic play after fantastic play, and the scheme is fantastic. Uh, so I will say that where offensively, this is the worst Tape Tuesday I've ever done. Defensively, this is one of my favorites. Uh, we got to talk about Creepers, so that's always fun. Now we're about to talk about a bad play for the Florida Gators, which was the Will Levis touchdown, um, the passing touchdown. Fair warning. Uh, I shrunk that route a little bit. I, I shrunk the deep play just a little bit just to fit it in the screen here because we don't have the full, I think it was 55 yards that it went, but it was in the end zone here. That's what we're looking at. You've got Kentucky in this kind of full house set. It's really weird because – Will Levis is kind of four to five yards off, which is deeper than a normal pistol set. It's, it's shotgun, but the running back is still behind him. So it was a really weird set, full house-ish there. You've got the offset uh, tight end on the left. You've got your H-back or fullback on the right side there. And defensively, kind of wide. You've got Brenton Cox Jr. here running the nine. He's outside the tight end because you got center, left guard, left tackle, tight end number one here. And you've got Brenton Cox lined up outside that tight end. So that makes this a wide nine set from him. Princely is lined up at the five outside the shoulder of the tackle. Jason Marshall Jr. and Avery Helm. Off the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click play here. But Jason Marshall Jr. and Avery Helm off the field here because they like to do that rotation with Jalen Kimber and Devin Moore. I also realize that the animation is a little messed up. I don't care about that. We're looking we're more focused on the scheme than how the ball lines up with how this works out. Uh, so that's what we're looking at there. Jalen Kimber, Devin Moore on the field. Uh, Jason Marshall Jr. and Avery Helm off the field. No Ventro Miller at this point. No Ventro Miller on the field at this point. You've got Scooby Williams, Shamar James, and Amari Bernie all on the field. You've got not Nickel. You're looking at a base set here. This is kind of like an, it's an oaky front, uh, which is you got three down linemen. It's kind of rotated a little bit. It looks kind of like 4-3 under with Brenton Cox on the line there. So you got an Oki front showing. 
Uh, it's a base package, which you, you did not see a ton of from the Florida Gators so far. Um, but that's what we're looking at here. And Kentucky respecting this Florida. I don't know if it was the pass rusher they were respecting or if they were expecting a blitz, but they blocked seven on the play. Um, so, so you got that. You got that tight end blocking. You've got your H back or fullback on the right blocking. You've got that tight end that's in the offset H back kind of role running an over route. I think this is the hardest part about Tape Tuesday for me. I think this is cover three for the Florida Gators. Uh, just based on the movement of Devin Moore still dropping back when there's no one coming in his area. He's not running with that over route really. Um, he kind of just like shades in when he realizes no one's coming to that left side of the field. So I think this is cover three based on Devin Moore's movement, based on Britton Cox dropping back into coverage. And that's also the little issue here. I don't know if this is Trey Dean kind of jumping the gun and blowing his assignment, putting Jalen Kimber in a bad spot, which by the way, Jalen Kimber, even if he was put in a bad spot, should have been making that play. Like, Like he should have made that play. He could have made it way better. Um, he could have played the ball way better is my point, but I don't know the call for sure. I'm, I'm fairly certain it's cover three, but I don't know the call for sure. Uh, it could have been, you know, it could have been some kind of weird man zone hybrid. Patrick Tony's a defensive, uh, I don't want to call him a genius. I want to call him something crazier. He's a mad scientist. We'll say, um, so he's in that Devin Moore is nobody near his zone sees Will Levis cock back the arm. And so Devin Moore starts sprinting downfield, not going to be able to make it great effort there and great awareness by Devin Moore to make that run, but didn't happen. Uh, you've got Jalen Kimber again, that outside corner, just, he just gets beat and not, not beat in the sense of, he got ran by, beat in the sense of the ball went up and he was the he was the nearest defender and he lost the battle bad. And that's one of the reasons I'm like, take him off the field. Not only, not then I mean that in the sense of while he's got that left club on his hand, maybe he was a little hesitant to make the play. Run defense hasn't been great by him. Tackling hasn't been great by him in general. So maybe wait till he's fully healthy and then put him back on the field there and just either keep Jason Marshall or Avery Helm on there when you want to rotate Devin Moore in. But again, this is hard to say what happens. I realize that Rashad Torrance and Trey Dean both went with that over route, that tight end, probably because tight ends were kind of kind of cooking a little bit early on. Uh, Rashad Torrance probably had that underneath the zone and Trey Dean probably had over top. Again, I think this is cover three, but... Trading, I think, blew the assignment. Uh, not entirely sure, but I think trading blew the assignment here and blew that responsibility. But that's it for Tape Tuesday. Now it's time to take a look at the best surprises of the season so far for the Florida Gators. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the two best surprises and biggest surprises for the Florida Gators so far. Through, I know it's just two weeks, but just so far, the biggest surprises here I think we're, we're going to do one offense, one defense. I think offensively, it's clearly Trevor Etienne. Um, you know, I feel like Anthony Richardson had this this insane hype where, by the way, I will say, if you watch Locked On Gators this offseason, I've been saying he's inconsistent. He's going to be inconsistent. That's what he's going to be. But you deal with that and you accept that. So I think that's expected. Uh, offensive line, I don't think there's anybody that overperformed or underperformed expectations so far. Tight end, maybe underperforming, you could say. Receivers, 
kind of doing what what we expected. You know, that that's just the group that we have. But I think Trevor Etienne in the backfield has been easily the best surprise. Like a lot of us, we were like, "Hey, Trevor Etienne, like that kid is gonna be good." We didn't realize when we said he's gonna be good that he was gonna be good right now. Um, that's that's not what most of us anticipated when we were like, "Oh yeah, Trevor Etienne is gonna be gonna be a pretty good uh, player." I think most of us acknowledge that uh that we did not think it would be that quick of a uh of an I don't I want to say explosion. We'll say. We'll say that for him. Uh, most of us were like, yeah, no, he's going to be good, but but we don't know how soon. Um, immediately. That's, that's that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to be good immediately, and, and he's been involved a little bit in the passing game. Not much, but a little bit in the passing game where we're about to take a look at some of his numbers real quick just as a runner and receiver. As a runner, he's got 14 carries, 110 yards, one touchdown, one fumble, which he recovered. Uh, he's got 67 yards after contact, more than half his yards after contact, 4.79 yards per carry after contact, uh, five runs of 10 or more yards, just just phenomenal. He has been honestly genuinely great. Um, and then as a receiver, um, not much, we'll say. <laughs> we'll say not much. He's had two targets, two catches, nine yards wasn't really asked to do much um average depth of target is behind the line of scrimmage so he wasn't asked really at all to do much pass blocking he's had two snaps in pass protection this season didn't give up a pressure in either of them but again it's two snap it's and uh coach vass who i've mentioned before when we were watching on saturday he was watching he was like trevor Etienne, like he looks small for pass protection which he, he kind of is he's 590s stocky build a little bit but he looks small for pass protection. We'll see what happens with it, really, if he cleans it up. Or not even if he cleans it up. But if he picks up in usage, we'll see that as he plays more. But um, we'll, we'll watch for that. But the other player that I wanted to talk about, very excited to talk about defensively, Desmond Watson. Because most of us, if not all of us, expected him to either not contribute early on, especially because the coaches were like, hey, we're trying to get him in playing shape, or if he was expected to contribute very little uh, early on. But he's played 54 snaps through two games. I have no complaints about that. He's moved around it's just the interior of the defensive line. He's played head up with the center. He's played a little off their shoulders. He's played uh, head up with the guard before. So he's been moving around a little bit. I think most of us expect him to be a two-gapping nose, which is just lining up head over the center or slightly off center and kind of just eating blocks and just being like, hey, I'm, I'm here to clear up space for other people. But he's genuinely gotten into the backfield a few times. Um, and he's done that, honestly, multiple times against the run, which is impressive for him. Hasn't always you know, made the tackle, hasn't finished the tackle, uh, but, but he's gotten back there, which is more than we could say for some other players here. And I mean, he's already last season. He played 94 total snaps this season. He played 54 total snaps so far through two games. So he's playing more. He's playing significantly better than he played last season, by the way, pass rush is still, uh, non-existent from him. But I mean, I think that you, you take that trade off. You're looking at a guy who's six, five. Now he's 415 pounds. He was listed at 439 pounds for the Utah game. Again, I'm assuming that measurement was made like mid August. And he's lost that weight. He didn't lose 35 pounds in, or 25 pounds in a week. Um, although I'm pretty sure that is possible if you're someone that big where a lot of it's water weight. Uh, but I don't, I don't think that's the case. But Desmond Watson 
playing very well early on, just looking at this team. I mean, just I, I'm still amazed at him. Like I said it when I was in Gainesville and I saw him after one of the games, I was like, people that size should like people that like I cannot believe that there are people that big. But also people that size should not move the way he moves. Uh, that's that's just incredible. Uh Desmond Watson has played the 13th most snaps on this defense. He's played more snaps than Trevez Johnson, than Jalen Kimber, than uh Antoine Powell Ryland, than Tyreek Sapp, than a good deal. Chris McLellan, he thought was going to be an early contributor. Hasn't been. No, he, he hasn't been. Uh, Desmond Watson's been big time player. Uh he's got the third most snaps among defensive interior linemen, Javon Dexter and uh and Jalen Lee ahead of him. But he's he's right behind Jalen Lee as well. He has been playing phenomenal football for someone that we did not anticipate really any contribution from this early. So I think that when you look at Desmond Watson, you have to just go, okay, like this is this is something that you take. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, you're going to outperform expectations. We're cool with that. Not, not going to stop you there. We'll take our wins where we can get them. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk Florida Gators football. And we'll be joined by Hayden Hansen, Florida Gators tight end. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryFSI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.